Listening to the Full Sport Press podcast, featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef Weezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations! I would like to welcome everybody back, and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I'm Jay Hove. Your boy Big Joe. Weezy in the building. Say what's up. We said. What it do, what it do, what it do? What's going on? Coach Lock back in the business, same same cat. We back with another one. Follow <laughs> with the punches, baby. Follow with the punches today. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Episode 328. We are handing out the 2019-2020 NBA regular season awards. FSP style. Always FSP style. Better damn know it. And you better damn believe it, man. Let's kick it off best of the week, Jeff. What you got? Best of the week, we finally going to get the Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia fight at welterweight. Super happy about that. Um, if you remember, Errol Spence was supposed to fight Danny Garcia earlier this year before Corona hit. But Errol Spence was in a one-car wreck at DWI he had. Uh, so to see him back up and moving around and ready to fight again at championship level is always good to see. Shout out to Errol Spence, man. Most definitely. Coach Locke, what you got? Man, uh, NCAA is going to let college athletes wear custom patches on their uniform to honor the causes they support. Uh, they will be able to have a patch on the front that will be like two and a quarter inch patch, and it can be anything to commemorate names, mascot, nicknames, logos, and marks. And then the second one will be on the back, and it's where they will traditionally wear their name. They can do something like uh, to celebrate or memorialize somebody or an event, kind of like how the NBA is doing, the WNBA is doing. Man, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Weezy, what you got? Uh, my best of the week, man, was to see the, uh, the Minnesota Lynx uh, start from Nashville, man. Uh, oh, my God. What's her name Crystal is Crystal Dangerfield. Dangerfield. That's her name, Crystal Dangerfield. <laughs> Crystal Dangerfield, man. Her first game was big time, man. I'm a, I, I finally follow WNBA now, man. Good for you, baby. Good for me. Yeah, man, she got hot her first Sabrina. start yesterday. So that's good. Yeah. I'm hot Sabrina got hurt, too. Oh, that was I'm a big – ooh, ooh, man. <laughs> man, we're going to talk about that. Uh, my best of the week is Def Comedy Jam, man. Amazon Prime has every episode of Def Comedy Jam available, all seven seasons. It's my best find of the entire quarantine. Weezy, have you ever watched Def Comedy Jam before? Well, uh, back in the day, but not really. Not for yeah. real, Every, like, major comic was on Def Comedy Jam. It's perfect, man. Super nostalgic, looking at the outfits, seeing some of the people who were big celebrities then. Um, yeah, man, it's just cool to watch, man. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Must watch. Worst of the week, Weezy, what you got? Worst of the week with me is uh, I was about a mile out of my bike, and I caught a flat going up here. That's like, I lost, like, like Jesse said, I lost 10 bricks at the crawl back, baby. I had to walk back to the, I had to walk back to the house, baby. It was rough. It was rough. You fixed the flat. 
I ain't fix shit. I was cussing and everything on the way back house. You know, talking to myself, I was mad. <laughs> hey, yeah. at least it didn't start raining. Nah, it didn't start raining, but it was hot as hell, coach. <laughs> Can you buy tires that don't get flat? No. Yeah, it's going to cost you. Cost, might cost you a little. Might, might cost, cost you a lot. Don't <laughs> <laughs> cost you. Don't cost you. Worst of the week, Lot, what you got? Man, 49 a great former. Oh, shit, Lot. Come on, man. You was doing good, man. Hey, man, that's, that's, it's bad when you see your, your, your team, your team greats do stuff like that, man. That's terrible, man. You know, he's convicted of rape, man. I don't know what he out here doing, man. Why? What are you Woo. doing playing a stubble field, man? Come on, man. Relax. Oh, Jeff, just... what you got, man? What's your worst of the week, Jeff? Uh, my worst of the week, I'm keeping in boxing. Apparently, we're probably going to get Conor McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao. If we saw – exactly, guys. We don't need that. We don't need that at all. We saw how Conor looked against Floyd. Manny's probably not going to take it as easy on him as, as Floyd did. He's probably going to get knocked out real quick. Real quick. Easy money, money, man. Got to yeah. get that money. Yeah. Uh, my worst of the week, Coach Locke mentioned it, Sabrina Yonescu, uh coming fresh off a 33-point game in her second WNBA game. She rolled her ankle something serious. One of those joints where the bone touched the ground on the rollover. <laughs> Look bad, man. I think that's an easy four- to six-week ankle roll. She won't be back to 100% for a long time. Not during this uh, wobble season for mm -hmm. the WNBA. Nah, man, that's two ankle rolls on that team, man. Kia Nurse rolled her ankle very first game. So, Godspeed to Sabrina, man. Speedy recovery for sure. But that was rough to watch. That was one of those ones where I thought she broke her ankle. Dog. Me too. Like, actually, because I saw it from the, the side angle first. And I was, and when she went down, she grabbed. I was like, did she just tell her Achilles? I was like, oh, Lord. And then they showed the other angle. I was like, oh, no, nah, she rolled the ankle. But it was bad. Yeah, that ain't it. Um, stat of the week. Now, shout out to an anonymous. This person did not want to be mentioned on the show. So, shout out uh, to you. Well, don't do it. Don't do it then. Don't do hey, it. Hey, we got a stat of the week, man. <laughs> Paul George's earning per shot. Per shot made this season per game is 113,000. Little Baby's features per feature is 100,000 per feature. That is the stat of the week this week. I'd rather pay, <laughs> I'd rather pay Little Baby than Pandemic P. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see where that's going to get you. You see where that's going to get you. I'll, take little, I'll pay Little Baby 100. I ain't pay Pandemic P. <laughs> Ain't no pandemic shooting going 30. Going for 30, Jeff. 30, 30. Not 30 on 30 shots, neither. He look good. What about James Harden tonight? Woo! Talk about it. 30 on 30 shots, though. James Harden had 49 last night. Talk about it. 23 in the first quarter. He, 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 he finally he shot well, Wiz. He did. He played good. We do it like that, I have no problem. Your percentage is good. I have no problem. <laughs> so while we doing that, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course the SoundCloud page to catch up on the far uh, the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search Full Sport Press Podcast. When you get through doing that, make sure you check out the On Day TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Lou every Wednesday. 
that latest show is up, the No Limit Chronicles preview. Did you guys watch the No Limit Chronicles? Hey. I, I glanced at it. What is it? it. Yeah, now nah, that was a that was a part of my childhood, man, for sure, man. Shout out to No Limit. Uh, growing up in the South, they were huge, man. Just to see yeah. how they were starting, it was great to watch, man. I'm they excited for next week. They could have done with the reenactments, though. That was some slaw. But Jeff, you are a hundred percent wrong. Lou said that Ti24s was a bigger hit than Tru and Masterpiece. I'm about it. That's just not true. Yeah, it is though. But make them say "on" uh, is a bigger song. The 24s. All right. Let's move I'm right along, man. First of all, podcast, man. <laughs> Featuring myself and Animal Brown, self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. We have a new FTYA Friday coming up next week. Big sneaker release week this week coming up. So make sure you check us out on YouTube.com slash Realville. And don't forget to wear your kicks. Top responsible. Jeff, you got 10 good resting seconds. Let's do it. Clock. All right. So last week we talked about how no one really won the Sasha Banks Ozuka match, so it kind of messed up our scoring for who got the W. So they had a rematch on Monday, and almost had a similar outcome, but somehow Sasha Banks pulled out the win. Um, so we won. No, I won. <laughs> Y'all got another episode of um, 808s and Chair Shots, Jeff? Oh, episode five is available, and iTunes is up. I believe I got the email, but we should have everything, all other uh, podcasting platforms going forward like this week. So it's big news, big news. And shout yeah. out to all the aunties who like wrestling on Facebook. The wrestling Facebook, Facebook group will be started next week as well. So we good. There you go. <laughs> now tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started with the first half, Weezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's of yellow box Cheerios award recipient is Jonathan Isaac. All right. Jonathan Isaac, man. Throughout the first two days, every team. That played a game. Nilt for the national anthem while wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt as a form of a silent protest. There was only one holdout. Jeff's guy, Orlando Magic Ford, Jonathan Isaac never knelt nor wore a Black Lives Matter shirt, instead standing for the anthem while wearing his jersey. He cited gospel as an explanation during his post-game media availability. Isaac, who's an ordained minister, went on to explain that he informed his teammates of his decision in a meeting before the game started. What the hell was Jonathan Isaac thinking? He's an ordained minister? Yep. Help us don't hurt us, man. Yeah. If you're an ordained minister and you got any kind of, you know, sources, same thing, you know, that help us don't hurt us. And if if he coming, tell him to come on. Since you're ordained minister. I mean, use your swords. If he coming, tell him, come on, because we need him. Kneel. Sit your ass down and put your, and put your fist up and kneel. <laughs> Boy, are you still hot about that tire? Are you still hot about that tire? You came in hot with a lot because you were two minutes late. Then now you're going off on Jonathan Isaac. This is the thing about Jonathan Isaac. He is a promising defender in the NBA, and I think, this is something that's going to jeopardize his career in the future because your teammates are going to look at you different. 
you yeah. got white coaches, you have brown coaches, Asian coaches. Man, everybody in the entire staff is on a knee. And you standing up speaking speaking about gospel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just because you, you know, uh, ordained a missionary at Tabernacle Church somewhere. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, Neil. Neil, bro. Hey, he didn't wear the shirt because you know Greg Popovich and Becky Hammond from San Antonio, they didn't kneel either, but they still wore the Black Lives Matter shirt. Yeah. And we he's, know where Pop stand too. Like we ain't no, ain't no question where Pop stand. Right. Like he came out and let it know that he's staying with us, but come on, man. You don't you don't kneel and you don't wear the shirt. Come on, man. Come on. That's real, man. Drone it to him, easy. Drone it. Super yeah, that's yeah. I might take it to him my damn self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's get started the first half, man. Let's get out of here. The first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am Jay ho Boy, Big Jeff. I mean, boy, Weezy, what to do? It's your man, Coach Lock. Coach, where can they find you on social media, my brother? Man, on Instagram and Twitter, hit me up at lock underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. I let me. What's a fact? What about you, Weezy? I'm going to stay like lock. Uh, I'm an FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I'm at Weezy on Twitter. <laughs> the difference is you look dumb as hell. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Let me say that. Let me say you look dumb as hell. Bro, you gonna come to my house, bro. You there right. You there right. What what Locke can't say? What you why you ain't coming to my house? I don't know smoke though. You you want the smoke. I do. I, I do. I 100 percent do. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. See? Yeah. What about you, Jeff? <laughs> Man, that's funny. J E 84 across all social media platforms. Most definitely. And I'm J Hove on Instagram and Twitter, man. Find me on Twitter to have a conversation. And it's youtube.com slash full sport press. Check us out on there. The full episode is available on youtube.com slash full sport press. Let's kick things off, man. First half with the NBA bubble talk. The 2019-2020 NBA season is finally back after a four-month hiatus. Let's discuss one winner and one loser from the reopen of the 2019-20 NBA season. Jeff, you can kick things off. Smiling, what's up? I, I, look, I want no problems. My winner, honestly, truthfully, is NBA Twitter. I missed NBA Twitter, man. It's been fun. It's been fun to be back on NBA Twitter. Uh, Pandemic P is out there running wild. He's he's running wild, you know. <laughs> Just happy to be back watching the jokes on the people that's the fans that are in the crowd. Kerry Kittles uh, had some Wi-Fi problems the other night. Uh, you know, Chris Bosch was in the crowd being Chris Bosch. You know what I mean? It's just fun, man. NBA Twitter's back and it's fun. I'm happy to be here. Shout out to Pandemic P. He's still at My number one was uh, James Harden had 49 points last night, man. <laughs> Some things just don't change. Some things just don't change, man. Bubble, don't matter if you're Houston, don't matter. It don't matter, my boy. Some things just don't change. 49 points. In a W, too. No, he, gets, he had one turnover, Jay. One. I looked it up. One. Westbrook had more than one. <laughs> so did Duncan. <laughs> it don't matter about James Harden. He playing the two. Your point guard can't have – I bet your point guard didn't have one. I know that. I know the point guard for Dallas damn sure had more than one. He had more than <laughs> one in the overtime. <laughs> he ain't the point guard. What? 
your predominant ball, predominant ball handler had more than one turnover in overtime. All Literally. right, that's for another episode, fellas. We're going to move right along. Uh, my winner are the actual players, man, and not because they back playing basketball, but because they are going to be able to play without all of the travel. You hear the players talk about how the travel takes their legs out and playing from different time zones. Everybody's going to be in the same time zone. Nobody has to get on a flight. So you're probably going to see players feel more fresh now because they don't have to worry about that. They just go right outside, go to they, wherever they stand on the bubble, and they come right back and play. They don't have to jump on a flight at 1 o'clock in the morning and then play a game the next night at 7 o'clock. Thanks. Uh, my winner of the Los Angeles Lakers, man. LeBron actually played defense for the first time in 10 years. AD played great against a team that doesn't have anybody to guard him. This just kind of lets you know how the Lakers will look after LeBron only shooting six for 19, playing a very bad game per se as far as shooting. Man, they still beat the Clippers, the team that everybody has them as their arch nemesis, the big person that they want to meet in the conference finals. Um, just to see the way the AD took over that game, he's going to have to average 40 for them to beat the Clippers when they're in full strength with Trez and uh, Sweet Lou. Sweet wing Lou, but yeah, nah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, nah, for sure. He dominated, man. Just to see the Lakers, man. If I'm a Lakers fan, I feel really good about going into uh, this bubble. LeBron can't play defense and score, though, y'all. So, in turn, he's going to have to find a, a, a happy median to do the two because they're going to need him to get his 25, 30 points a game, and AD's just going to have to be the lead person most definitely. What about a loser, Weezy? I'm kicking to you for the loser. Loser, man, for me was um, the Pelicans, man, and not letting Zion play, finish that game. I think it cost them. The, I think it cost them the playoffs. And he didn't look like he lost 25 pounds either to me. So I don't know where that came from. He didn't look like it. So my loser would kind of piggyback off what Weezy said is the Pelicans are not playing Zion. Like he's clearly, you know, your second best player right now. Probably your first. The more he rounds himself into shape, and then speaking of rounding himself into shape, you know his. Body type gets a lot of scrutiny and things like that. But if you really break it down, you put the side-by-sides together, you can see a difference in Zion from when he first played his first game as a rookie when he put three threes out the gate to now. You can see a difference in his body type or in his frame. But the thing is, we want him to look like a basketball player, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. He's going to always have a wide frame and, 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 and a body type of more of a football wrestler type player because that's what makes him special. So the more and more we focus on that and not focus on the fact that you clearly cannot stop him on the basketball court when he's out there, we've been now one of the best players we're going to see in a long time. So that's just my take. Well, my, my loser is a, a little out of the bubble, no pun intended. Uh, I'm going to have the NFL as a loser. This is why. We've seen the NBA take this pandemic and take the season in it and make it successful and show how they can protect the players and make this bubble work. Well, the NFL has yet to do that. So with the NBA showing how to do this and it's working and the NFL still not coming out and saying how they're going to protect their players, it's going to be a loss on their end. We've seen a lot of NFL players opt out and they're still opting out day to day because the NFL has not put a plan in that's going to feel protected for the players. So I think the way the NBA did it is making the NFL a loser. Heard you, Lock. Heard you. Um, my loser Zion. I think statistically he performed really well in limited action. 
I think if you have to find a way to play him, it's something that you're covering up. There's no reason for him to play 15 minutes. It just doesn't make any sense. And for him to be out there in that limited time, he was minus 16 the entire time he was on the floor. So uh, plus 14 when he was off the floor. So, I mean, you're Zion Williamson. You're Mount Zion. And you don't get one rebound in 15 minutes. They, they got to find a way to kind of use him. I've seen this happen in certain situations with older coaches kind of stuck in their ways. Um, they got to find a way to use this generational talent and get him serious about nutrition, man. I think he has to find a way to shape his body into a way that he can be healthy. He's clearly not healthy right now. There's no way that he's playing 15 minutes and he's not healthy. So they're hiding something. He's hurt somehow, some way. Something is wrong. Zion was mad. He spoke about it. He wanted to play more. They don't want this kid to be injured. Something is going on. They got to figure out a way, David Griffin, to do that or not. He might not get that max contract, man. I know if I was a GM, I wouldn't give him a max contract. If he continuously gets hurt and is always hurt and can't find a way to get that body in the shape, and I think it's going to be a lifelong struggle. Like Jeff mentioned, he's never going to look like LeBron James. He's never going to look like, you know, chiseled and the way that you want a star player to look. He's going to look like a tight end. But you got to find a way to fix whatever's going on because I want to see this kid play. Because when he's playing, he is really, really a once-in-a-generation talent. But we've seen once-in-a-generation talents come through the league and they can't play because they're always injured. So, and I think the weight is the reason why he's always injured. I think they treat him like Joel Embiid, but that's for another whole, whole another show. So, <laughs> we'll move on to college football. Weezy's wheelhouse. All right, let's start with Weezy and Jay's beloved SEC. The SEC announced this week that they're going to move to a ten-game conference-only schedule for this season. They're pushing the start back to Saturday, September twenty-sixth, which is would have been roughly like week four of the college football season. Um, they're going to move the SEC championship game will be pushed back to December 19th. That's going to give teams two open weeks to play and then have bye weeks as well. And then they also are going to have one open game to where, I'm sorry, two open games to where they are not scheduled yet. That's going to come out a little bit later as far as who they're going to play, whether it be another SEC team or they're going to double up playing the same team twice in a year, which would be crazy. Then the ACC Board of Directors also this week, they're going to have an 11-game season. They're going to start on September 12th, and they're going to include Notre Dame in the, in the ACC this year, which was a no-brainer. Notre, Notre Dame tried to be in the ACC, but whatever. That's the whole other thing. So they also, on the business side of things, get half of Notre Dame's NBC money. That's going to help the ACC as well. So, <laughs> which is every every major conference was making a play to get Notre Dame in their conference, especially the Big Ten and the ACC, just because of that NBC. All ACC schools and Notre Dame are going to play ten conference games with one open game, one non-conference game open, and they wanted to play in state. It's covered a lot of ground there, but with all of that, do we feel like this is going to work? Number one, with this makeshift bubble that college football is doing and do we feel like this should be an asterisk on this season because of everything that's going on? I actually feel like it's going to change college football forever. I think that's what they're going to start doing and now it's doing all conference scheduling. Uh, you might have one, maybe two, but probably just one out of conference game 
warm-up game and then right into the fire. I think we're going to see some teams play some teams twice, too, kind of like NFL does with divisions. The way baseball is going, I'm nervous if they're going to even, like, even have one down in college football or NFL. But Notre Dame and the ACC, we know that's all about money. That was the easy for the easy call for the ACC. We can get half of this money that y'all get from this TV deal. Yes, we want it. And now you're going to allow the ACC to be on TV even more because you're going to be on NBC when Notre Dame is playing now. So you're going to have an ACC team on primetime TV weekly now with Notre Dame doing this. Um, as far as the, the actual games, though, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we don't see any football either. Because if baseball can't figure out how to keep it going and keep social distance and not have people get the COVID and cancel games and they're far apart from each other, how is football going to do it when you're in each other's face every down? It makes sense. I think, you know, five home games, five away games in the SEC. Here's the thing, man. It really does hamper the small colleges, air quote, mid-major football colleges. Man, Louisiana Monroe had games against Arkansas and Georgia. That's $3.2 million in guaranteed revenue from a team that's operating the budget is way less than that, man. It also screws teams like Florida, which is my team. Hello. We got to play you. Uh, we got to play Georgia every year. We got to play LSU every year. We also now maybe have to play Alabama now. So, in turn, a team like in the ACC – with a weak-ass conference or in a Pac-12, it's bullshit. You get a free walk to the college football playoffs. It is a free walk for a team in the Pac-12. Because you might not – if you're Arizona State, I think Arizona State is the best team in the Pac-12. They got a free walk to the damn college football playoffs because there's no competition. Every week, bro, the SEC, we fight, man. We fight every week. And you add Alabama to our schedule, maybe – you know, Arkansas or something like that to a schedule, man, it's going to be tough, man. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, a, a cakewalk to get to the college football playoffs, but that's why we're the best conference in the world and usually figure out a way to win the entire thing because we are battle tested and a lot of these teams aren't. So it's going to show in the playoffs. Hey man, SEC fans, man, you can't boast and brag about our strength of schedule and then complain about it on the other side, man. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Overrated ass conference. <laughs> well, speaking of football, we're we'll jumping to the oh. NFL. Uh, another big time player is on the move. Who is it, you ask? Former New York Jets safety Jamal Adams has been traded to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks gave up three picks, including two first rounders, 2021, 2022, and a 2021 third round pick, and safety. Bradley McDougal for the All Pro and the 2022 fourth round pick. Now, who won this trade, you guys? Was it the Jets? Was it the Seahawks? I think the Seahawks won the trade simply because that, true, true, true enough, they gave up a lot, but they're not going to find a Jamal Adams in this draft or next draft as a, a, a coming from a safety standpoint. And I think it's going to help this team out a lot. Um, I agree. I think the Seahawks won, but I thought. The Jets, what they got back is not too shabby. Like, they, you know, those two picks, those, you know, well, all those picks, and then, you know, not being able to pay that gentleman that money and being when you obviously in a full-fledged rebuild at this point as a Jets fan and a Jets team. So not being strapped to that contract that you're going to have to pay him, 
you're going to be able to rebuild with multiple number one picks and have assets. Because that's what you need. When you're a losing team, you need as many assets as you can get. And then once you have a player like that, that's your, you know, you move him to get more pieces. So I, I think it's a great move by the Jets. Um, and the Seahawks organization, again, shows why they're always competitive. Because when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, you always put as much around him as you can to make your team, keep your team competitive as long as he's in his prime. I think it's a win for both sides, man. I'm going to call an even swap. Man. Trading Jamal Adams, you have to get rid of him because he was going to be a locker room distraction. So, in turn, you cut the bait early before he comes into training camp. Talk. He had said something about the GM. He said something about the owner, the coach. He didn't want to be there. So, in turn, he made his, his uh, stance, and they got rid of him. Then you add him to Seattle, and you get a Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas type of player who can play in the box, like Weezy said, or on the edge in coverage, man. And he's only 24. So, you pay him that $17 million a year, Jeff, and you can figure it out, man. I'm hot that it's in our division. We're the losers of this because the 49ers got to see this dude two times a year. But at the end of the day, you add high-level talent to a defense that was 29th last year. It's a win for both teams. I can't say any better. You took all, made all the great points I was going to make. I was going to say both teams win. Like Jeff mentioned, the Seahawks – I mean, like Weezy mentioned, the Seahawks get this great player in Adams to help their defense and make them contenders, which they always are. I hate playing them. I hate they're in our division because it's always a, a dog fight with them, whether it's in Seattle or it's in San Francisco. So add him to the mix just makes them that much better. And then, of course, like Jeff mentioned, the Jets won too because we know they're in rebuild mode. We know that. So to get two first-round picks and a third-round pick, you can get great players with those picks and you lose – the cap space for somebody that you weren't going to get no way after this year because he wasn't happy like Jay mentioned. So he was going to leave. He wasn't going to stay or you were going to get rid of him. All right. Before we get started with halftime, let's go back to the NBA. Tom Thibodeau is officially said to become the 30th head coach in New York Knicks history. The 2011 coach of the year has a winning percentage of 58%, making him one of just 12 coaches all the time to have that high rate of success over 350 wins. Tibbs has been coach for a total of seven and a half years as the head coach, five with the Bulls and two and a half with the Timberwolves. During those years, he made the playoffs six times. He stated the Knicks were his dream job. Was this a good hire for the Knickerbockers? I don't think so. I think Tom Thibodeau is a – he's just not good for the NBA, man. He's a college coach playing, coaching in the NBA. He likes to – he's too hard on – he's too hard on the boys as professionals. He makes them do suicides and shit from what I hear behind closed doors. They don't respect him. They don't want to give him a chance. And I don't know how he keeps getting chances, but I don't think it's good. I understand where Weezy's coming from, but there are certain players that need that type of coach. Like, honestly, I'm that type of player that need that type of coach. When I, if, I, if I had an easy coach in football, I did not give my heart. I'll admit that. I knew coach wasn't going to say nothing. But if I had a coach that was going to be on me, and then, of course, I didn't play professional, but I'm just saying if I had a coach that was going to be on me, I gave 110% of all time. Now, should every player need that? No, but some players are like that. So you got to play like Jimmy Butler. Thibodeau brought the best out of Jimmy Butler, and that's why Jimmy Butler is the way he is right now. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, they didn't work well with Thibodeau. Wiggins, not so much. They don't, have the, they don't have the temperament for that. But a player, like an organization like the Knicks, they need a steady hand and a steady forward, and I think that's what Thibodeau can bring them. Just my personal opinion. 
I think it's a good hire also. We know Tibbs is a hardcore coach, and he has a rep for getting his players to work hard. We know that. But the Knicks, they need a coach like this to come in and establish a winning culture. He's a winner. Everywhere he went, he won. You know, we saw what he did with Chicago. We, he was having Minnesota starting to win games. and they Because they weren't winning nothing before he got there. Even though they didn't like it, they were starting to win games. And you got to look at their roster. You have R.J. Baird, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr. They have a good young roster. And all these players played for hard-nosed coaches in college. So they're going to be able to deal with it. So Tibbs is a defensive-minded coach, and we know defense wins championships. Yeah, you have the exception to the rule, like Golden State, they, everybody sees the glamour and offense, but those chips that Golden State won, they still play defense. The only thing he's going to have to do better, and hopefully he's learned from this, is he's going to have to learn how to manage his players because overworking and overplaying your players is what leads to those things like injuries. But I think it's a good hire for New York. It's a terrible hire for the Knicks, and I think it has a lot to do with him and the way he coaches. He was the coach of my Bulls for five years, and he ran two of the best players um, in our actual franchise history into the ground. In Minnesota, he did the same thing with Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and also Zach Levine. Um, each of them finished in the top ten in minutes both of his two seasons there. The Knicks seem to be ready to move on past a lot of their draft picks. They have the youngest team in the entire NBA. He's going to absolutely kill those kids. His coaching style does not fit in today's game. He just doesn't know how to coach young players. He needs an older team. and he So a team that already has some type of stability and some type of pushback. He's just going to push kids into the ground. I think this is a terrible hire, but it's normal with the Knicks. That's what they do. Um, it just he's not going to switch up the way that he coaches. And he's not going to help the way that this team is actually constructed. If you go get CP, maybe go get, I don't know, another superstar that can kind of tell Tibbs, man, chill out. If not, R.J. Bear is not telling Tibbs to chill out. It's a terrible hire. But it's the Knicks. The Knicks going to Knicks, for sure. Thibodeau, is not, he's not going to attract no good, no big-time free agent. People. And James Dolan sucks, too. He's now, sure. the GM, though, is a former – is a former agent for Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, oh, okay. a list of really good players. So I think he's going to trade. They got World Wide West on the squad. They got uh, uh, Steve Stout. They're going to get people there. And Tibbs ain't going to kick people there, though. It's New York. People want to go play in New York. People want to play in Madison Square Garden. That'd be their home arena. So that alone will help get some people to there. Even with that, though, and not to sound it too much, I think the Knicks need to focus on what they have and get out of their free agent game. Like, they, even before hiring Tibbs, they struck out on everybody. Struck out on KD, struck out on Irvin, struck out on LeBron, struck out on everybody. Every year they strike out. Focus on your draft picks. Focus on your system of your G League and everybody else and build your talent up, and then you become more viable. So you bring in a coach like Tibbs that's going to get the best out of them boys or make them quit. Either, either you're going to play or you're going to quit. Cool, what? you guys ready to get started with halftime? Let's do it. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it. Now, the vacant Monday night football announcing booth appears to be closed. ESPN is expected to announce a three-man Monday night football booth for 2020. Play-by-play will be Steve Levy. Color commentators will be Louis Riddick and Brian Greasy, both former NFL players. The network shuffled the booth after last season. Joe Tessitore, 
and Booger McFarlane handled the games the past two seasons. They were also joined by Jason Witten in 2018 before he came out of retirement to rejoin the Dallas Cowboys. Now, things could change if the college football season is canceled. That suggests that the college football tandem of Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit might take over if the situation plays out. If you had to make the decision to go with the three-man group or the college football tandem of Fowler and Herbstreit, what would you do? I'm I'm ten times I'm ten toes down for Fowler and Herbstreit. I like I like them too. As long as it ain't Booger McFarlane or Jason Witten, I'm fine. Just bring Tony Kornheiser back if you got to. Dennis Miller, anybody. Just just don't put bigger Booger McFarlane and uh, Jason Witten back out there ever again. I'm with the Herbstreit crew too, man. I like Herbstreit. I like how he breaks down stuff. Uh, he kind he's to me he's like Romo is for college football. Was Romo was the NFL. He called plays out before they even happened. So I like the Herd Street crew. I would love to see them do the NFL for sure. Yeah, man, because they've seen a lot of these players play in college. It would be great to see them. Um, the booth hadn't been the same since Tariko left. Let's keep it real, y'all. He's been there since 2016. Now, he's been there since 2006. All the way to 2015, he left to go to NBC. And they really haven't found their niche yet. So it's going to take a couple of things. But a replacement season with that college football tandem would be great. I would love to see it because I don't think college football is playing the game for sure. Did, did Tony Romo sign his deal too early? No, nah. Go get paid. Go get the money. Go sure. get the money for sure. You guys, ready to get started with the second half? Yeah, boy. Let's do it. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half, the 2019-2020 NBA Awards Show. We are back, episode 328. Before we get started, I am Jay Ho. Jeff. It's your boy Weezy. What it do? What it do? It's your man, Coach Lock. The NBA restart is upon us, guys. The NBA announced that all awards will be based simply off the games played up until March the 11th, 2020, when the season was suspended due to COVID-19. By that point, each team has played at least 75% of their season, though, which is enough to give a sample size for the league to hand out the hardware, not to mention enough for us to go on. We selected who we think should win and compare our midseason awards to our postseason awards. Let's hand out some awards, fellas. Let's kick things off with you, Jeff. Most overrated player, who you got? Um, I guess I'm gonna stick with Tobias Harris, <laughs> just because everything I've been saying all season. Uh, I just want more. I want more out of Tobias Harris. I, I think you know Jay. Jay sold me on him a couple of years ago. I wasn't really a big fan of his coming into the league, but Jay sold me on him. And now with my prediction of Philadelphia going going to the chip, we need more from Tobias Harris and, and just not getting it yet. So, Tobias Harris, I need you to make this happen. <laughs> I went with Kyle Kuzma. Hmm. Lakers are – they're trying to get this championship this year. They know what AD going to do. They know what LeBron going to do. But they need that third person to step up to take some of that pressure off. And they thought it was going to be Kyle Kuzma. You've seen him do it. He averaged 18. Uh, they thought he was going to be that third score that they could really count on. And he's, he's averaging 12.5 points a game, but he's only shooting 43% from the field. Mm-hmm. You know, they need him to play better and more consistent in order for the Lakers to make this playoff push and win his chip. Me, I won't overrate it. My, my midseason pick was hot side, white side. Uh, but my postseason pick, man, I hate to say it, but it's Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I think <laughs> Did you see him last night. Are you serious? I mean he had a good game last night, but well, he, he's played really well, man. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. He let me down too from the hoodie mellow. I I, I won't become mellow and I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> Cameraman, make sure you cut that clip. Um my most overrated player for the midseason was Kyrie Irving. Feel bad putting it for the postseason because he hell, he only played nine games after that. But trust and believe he's overrated. My postseason prediction is Marvin Bagley, man. It's unfair. I get it. He's been genuinely just unlucky on a number of fronts. But it's not his fault that he was drafted over Luka. It's not Bagley's fault that he's been injured. And he can't play in front of Rashawn Holmes and be Alicia. So, but here's the thing, man. He has to get on the court. He's missed 71 of a possible 146 games in his career. It doesn't matter how good you are if you can't play. And he can't play right now. He can't play in the bubble. He's not playing in the bubble, y'all. He's done. So in turn, they have to either make a huge decision next year. Is he a future player for the Kings? Or do you cut your losses and figure out another person to put in his spot? Because, dog, they got Fox. They have Harry Giles. They have um, Buddy. Buddy going to shoot. You, you still got my guy, Bogdanovich. They have a good piece. They need a big. Bagley was supposed to be that big, man, for sure. Let's move right along to the most underrated player. Coach Lott, you can kick this one off. Uh, my preseason pick um, – I'm not preseason, I'm sorry. Midseason was uh, Joe Ingles. Uh, but I went Brandon Ingram. Uh, people are just now starting to see what Brandon Ingram can do. He helped keep the Pelicans afloat and in contention to make that playoff run until Zion was able to play. And here they are now. They're in contention to possibly get that eighth seed. Uh, he averaged 24 points, six rebounds, four assists. Uh, he can do it all, man. You know, people didn't think he was going to be that player while he was in L.A. It was the best thing to happen for him to get shipped out of there to New Orleans. My midseason pick was uh, Lonzo Ball, and I'm sticking with Lonzo Ball. Um, what a point guard is supposed to be, he's a steady force. He runs the offense. He doesn't turn the ball over. Smart on the court. He's your quarterback. Love to watch the kid play. That team, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know what it is yet. But when they figure it out, I don't want to play them. I promise you that. I do not want to play them when they figure it out. Actually, I went with Jeff on that. I took Lonzo Ball, too, as an underrated. Lonzo Ball, he's actually looking good right now at point guard. Cool. Uh, my midseason prediction was Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going to go with Chris Middleton, though, for postseason. After signing that big extension with the Bucks, many looked at it as very questionable to pay him a max contract. Despite the criticism, he's continued to improve every year playing alongside um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You lose Brogdon, it was a formidable decision. Hey, Middleton, you have to step up. And what did he do? He's averaging 21, and he's going to go 50, uh, 40, 50, 90 this year. Only the sixth player in NBA history to do so. It's nuts, man. That's crazy. And just to see the success that he's had, and considering the Pistons have been looking for a small forward to replace Tayshaun Prince since he's been there, and they let him and Spencer Dinwiddie walk, let you know it's a terrible organization. Move on to Coach on the hot seat. Uh, Coach Lott, who you got? Uh, my midseason prediction was Ryan Saunders, uh, but I'm going with Mike Dan and Tony. Uh, he has two of the best players in the league on one team. And they always have a great regular season. We know that. That's what Dan Antoni does. But they can't never seem to get it done in the playoffs with his teams. 
in my eyes, if the Rockets don't make it to the finals this year, I think they're going to get rid of them. Like, it ain't no Western Conference final, none of that. I believe they have to make it to the NBA finals or Mike D'Antoni will be up out of Houston. I second that. My midseason was Mike D'Antoni. My, my postseason Mike D'Antoni. He's living and dying with James Harden, which I, which I don't blame him. That's all he got. But he's, he's also had help. He's had – he got Westbrook now. He had Chris Paul. He had Carmelo Anthony. And nothing worked. So, they – Either James Harden got to shoot him into another contract or she's going to shoot him out of another contract, one of the two. Dan Tony's the easy money. Um, I, I went with Brent Brown, though. Um, he Philadelphia's got to do something. Like, he, they've got to. Like, if it's not – if he if it doesn't work, move it. I think the smart move is moving Ben Simmons off the point. That was great. I would have done it a long time ago. So, but if he doesn't – if he doesn't win, if they don't make it out of the East this year, he's got to go because it's him. The talent is there. They made all the front offices made all the moves. So if they don't win, it's because of the coach. I got Jim Boylan, man. That was my midseason pick, my postseason prediction. I pray to God every night that Jim Boylan is fired from the Chicago Bulls. He told the world that the Chicago Bulls is a playoff caliber team before we only won 22 damn games. And transparency within the media is crucial in today's game. You need a coach that needs to kind of prove that there's a method to his madness especially when things aren't going well. And time and time again, he's failed to do those exact same things, man. Further failing us, putting the team in a situation where players saying that GMs don't listen, coaches don't listen, and they're unhappy. And Zach Levine wants to go. You got Laurie Marketing wants to go. Wendell Carter hasn't blossomed into the player that we thought he was going to be, but I knew he was going to be trashed. He's a Duke player. Like, it's a lot of things that goes along with a coach, and he's not getting this team in the best situation. And uh, he has to go, or I'm leaving. All right. Let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. Wheezy, who you got? My midseason pick was Rudy Gobert. My postseason pick is Anthony Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers. It, it looks like he's playing with, like, so free that he got LeBron. It, you know how you just look happy? And you're having fun again. That's what he looks like. And he's gonna do it. He's gonna do what he do. Shoot from what we're going to shoot from, and get to like attack the rim and be a rim protector. This is a two-man race between Giannis and Anthony Davis. My mid-season pick was Anthony Davis, and my postseason pick is still Anthony Davis. Uh, he's helped make the Lakers the third best defensive team in the league. He can guard on the inside. He can guard on the perimeter. His team is second in NBA in points allowed. He's third in the league with block for 2.4. Um, he just can do it all, man. Like you can, if you want, want him to guard a center, he can guard a center because he, he does. He's not really a big guy, but his his arm length and his wingspan can allow him to make up for that. Then if you put him on perimeter, he can slide his feet, and then his like I said, his wingspan is going to allow you to contest any shot that you do. It's a step back. So I went with Anthony Davis for Defensive Player of the Year. I had Anthony Davis as my uh, midseason pick. And like Coach Locke said, I agree. It's a two-man race. Uh, I'm going to stick with Anthony Davis just because he's – and this is before, you know, the pandemic hit as well. He's allowed LeBron – he's inspired LeBron to play defense again or at least be active. And that's, and that's something – and that's effective to the whole team at that point. So if you see Anthony Davis giving effort on both sides, you see LeBron, who's the greatest player on earth, giving effort on both sides. Now you you can't you you cannot play defense at all on that team now. So I think to me it's Anthony Davis. 
my midseason prediction was Anthony Davis, and I'm going to stick with that as well. It's an interesting fact about him. He's only finished in the top three for defensive player of the year once in his career. The number's going up this year. Um, like Coach Locke said, top five in offense and defense. Uh, you're doing pick and roll? It don't matter. He can guard your point guard, and he can guard your damn center as well. So you can't pick on him. The defensive player of the year has to go to the most versatile defender in the league, and I think Anthony Davis is the perfect player for that definition. He made that, that team play defense. They were ranked 20th in defense before he arrived. They're top five. All right, let's move on to rookie of the year. All right, Jay, who'd you have for midseason? Sure, most definitely. I had John Morant, and my postseason prediction is John Morant. He's only missed six games this season, guys. Starting another 59 throughout the season, helping them in a eight spot. When it's, They might lose that eight spot to Portland, for sure. But it would be nearly impossible. I think this would be the most uh, unanimous pick as far as, you know, a, a rookie of the year. He, just his impact on the floor beyond his individual play made this Memphis team exponentially better. This should be unanimous. There's no question. I also uh, I had Zion as my midseason. And I had John, John Morant as my postseason. John Morant, like everything Jay said, he's leading uh, Memphis Grizzlies in every category pretty much. Um, I think I think John Morant is just special too. He gets he he played this year. Everybody was everybody was like focused on Zion, Zion, Zion. And he came in and just did he did his thing, kind of like Melo did that year when uh when LeBron was on LeBron and Melo did his thing that year. I also went with John Morant midseason and postseason. Uh, He's led the Grizzlies to the eighth seed in the West. You know, they were one win short of matching the team's win total from the previous year before the COVID hit, and they had 16 games left. So they definitely were going to improve their wins from past season. He's averaging 17.7 and seven assists, 3.6 rebounds. He just brings the energy to that team that, that gets them better, and he's only going to help improve the Grizzlies in the future. Zion made it fun to watch when he came back. Like, he made it a close – not close, but at least made it a conversation. Um, but it's been jaw the entire time. And it's, in my midseason pick was jaw, and it's still jaw. Like, he deserves it. Like, his team is in the A spot right now. I'm with Jay, though. I do believe they're going to lose that to the uh, Trailblazers, which, you know, I would love to see John in the playoffs um, to do his thing. But I, I do think Portland's going to catch them on that and just Portland's cooking right now. But at the end of the day, the kid is the rookie of the year. Um, Zion, you know, put up a good fight, you know, playing limited games, but it's going to be job unanimously too. All right, and let's move on to most improved player. Coach Locke, who's you got? My midseason prediction pick was DeJounte Murray, uh, but my postseason prediction is Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat. He's increased in points, rebounds, and assists from 8.9 points to 16.2, from 7.3 rebounds to 10.5, and 2.2 assists up to 5.1. The Heat increased their wins also by two with 16 games remaining. They were the 10th seed last year, and they're the fourth seed this year going into the bubble. So the Miami Heat has just gotten better. Nobody saw the Heat being the fourth seed, and a lot of that has to do with Bam Adebayo. I didn't see Bam being a scorer, averaging 16 points in his league. Uh, so you can tell he's worked on this game. My my, my midseason pick was Ben Adebayo a lot for everything you just said. And Ben Adebayo will probably get this award. But I'm going to uh, go with somebody I pick on a lot. I'll go with Dwight Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard <laughs> played great 
he playing he's playing great this year. I gotta give him his props. I usually I'm hard on Dwight Howard. Uh I say he's overrated. I call him soft, but coming off the bench, he's playing a good role with the Lakers. Uh after three blocks a game off the bench is great. That's all I need him to do. He's rebounding great, right? Picking rolls. He's looking good he's in shape. I don't like his hair, but you know, he's doing good. He's doing good. I'm gonna give it to Dwight Howard. My midseason prediction was Devontae Graham. My postseason prediction. Jason Tatum, man. It's an argument that can be made that he was the best player in the NBA from February 1st until the league's pandemic hit. He was averaging 29 during that time, shooting 47% from the field and 47 from three. So if you look at a player like that, if he was able to maintain the momentum, playing at that level, continuing into the summer where we're at right now, Boston could be the biggest threat to Milwaukee to reach the finals out of the East, man. So Jason Tatum, I think he is a cornerstone on that team. And I hope and pray that Devin Booker finds a way to get away from Phoenix so he can get shine like Jason Tatum's going to get. Uh, my midseason pick was Brandon Ingram. And my postseason pick is going to be Brandon Ingram. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. By this time next year, you know, the Spider-Man meme when they pointed at each other, Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram pointed at each other. Tell him that. That's his game. That's who we're going to see. He's going to be just like Kevin Durant by this time next year. Guaranteed. Kid's special. Let's move on to sixth man of the year. Uh, Weezy, go ahead. Sixth man of the year. This should be easy. Uh, I went with uh, my missing was Lou Will. I'm going to stick with Lou Will. Uh, Mr. Uh, barbecue, honey, honey, <laughs> let me pop up barbecue wings, Lou Will, man. He just, um, he's, what, what he does off the bench, he should be a starter, I think, for anybody else. And the way that Doc Rivers lets him do his thing off the bench, and, like he does, he does it perfectly for that team. Mr. Magic City himself. Midseason prediction was Mr. Magic City, Lou Will, and my postseason prediction is going to stay with the Clippers, but I'm going to go with Montrezl Harrell. Um, you know, he came in second last year in this award to to Lou Will, but he's improved all his stats last year. The important ones, he's been a force on the inside on both ends of the floor. He brings another energy to the Clippers that they need. He's getting 18.6 points a game. That's it's another player I never would have thought he'd average that much in the league. Montrezl Harrell is bringing the energy the Clippers need and giving them that extra defender outside of Kawhi and PG, who's taking care of the perimeter. But on the inside, he's been that defender on the inside that's allowing the Clippers to do the things they're doing. So for postseason pick, I went with Montrezl Harrell. My midseason prediction was a co Six man, Lou and Trez. And I'm going to go postseason prediction. Uh, Lemon Pepper Lou and Trez as well. There's no one without the two. They combine for right around 45 points a game. They are insane together when they're playing. There's not one without the other. Lou doesn't play a lick of defense. Trez plays all the defense. He switches on uh, pick and rolls. He's only six seven, but he's guarding Anthony Davis. He's guarding Jokic. He's doing a solid job against those guys. Excellent screen setter. Montrez is having the year, and I think Lou is kind of pushing him to get six-man. But there is no team without both of them on that team, and that's the reason why I think both of them deserve it. Lemon Pepper Lou, Trez, man. He just signed a Reebok too, Jeff. That's not going to be good for him long. I was going to touch on, uh, follow, touch on that uh, Reebok deal, but you don't need. So I think the award, and my midseason pick was Lou Will. I think the award needs to be renamed the Lou Will Award, and they give it to Montrez Harrell. Like, 
and not to harp on one game, but if we saw the first game back from the bubble, they need Montrez Harrell. They need him bad. They need him. Of course, you need Lou Will scoring. I'm with it because pandemic P is going to pandemic P when it's time to count. But at the end of the day, you need a, you need a Montrez Harrell with just the glue guy to be able to do the things that no one else on the court wants to do or can, like, like Kawhi can. But Montrez is, like you said, Jay, he's going to guard your center and your power forward and get in the head of your small forward. So, yeah, give me Montrez Harrell. All right, and next, Coach of the Year. Jay, who you got midseason pick? My midseason pick was Eric Spolstrom. I think he was doing a good job. Then they kind of leveled out, man, um, past the second part of the season. So my postseason prediction is Nick Nurse, man. After seeing what he's done with the Raptors team this year, you lose Kawhi Leonard. You think, man, this team's going to be a seven, maybe eight. This team exceeded expectations in the most way, man. Second seed in the East, man, even without – a player of Kawhi Leonard's stature. It lets me know that Pascal Siakam is ready to do it. And I think Nick Nurse is the most underrated coach in the entire NBA. And I think he's coaching. I think he's the best coach in the NBA right now. And I would love to have him in Chicago. I know it'll never happen. But, yeah, man, the way that he holds this team down with Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka coming off the bench, Norman Powell playing the DeMar DeRozan role on this team, it's nuts, man. He's just plugging in players and making them play, and they're playing. It's, I think that they might find a way to sneak in and get into the finals again. It's very reasonable for that to happen. I wish I would have went first on that one because uh, I had the same thing Jay had. Um, I went with Eric Spolstra from midseason now with Nick Nurse and everything Jay just said. Uh, he, he He's doing it without Kawhi, a superstar, without a, uh, without a finals MVP, without defense player of the year. So you got to just give him that. He making Pascal. He gonna get. He gonna get Pascal. He already got Pascal paid already, right? So yeah, Nick Nurse for president. Ob up. Uh, I can't say it better. Midseason prediction. I had Doc Rivers. Postseason. I had Nick Nurse. Also, for everything that Weezy and Jay mentioned. No point in me going in depth about it. You guys named everything. But the main thing was, I never thought Toronto would be the second seed in the East, losing a player like Kawhi Leonard. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm going Eric Spoelstra just because I think Miami. With the emergence of Bam Adebayo and you know Jimmy Butler, like no, I mean both teams, right? No one expected Toronto to look that good. Toronto went on the winning streak right before the pandemic hit, that kind of catapulted them to the second spot. They've been playing well all season, but they went on a run to get them where they are right now. But I think Miami, with like this is just not even. No one saw them even making the playoffs hardly, then just being competitive. So I still would stick with Spolster myself. But I would not be surprised if Nick Nurse All right, in the, in the, the major one, MVP. Weezy, start off with you. My midseason was LeBron James. My postseason is LeBron James. I know Yantis probably should back-to-back. A lot of people saying Yantis. But uh, LeBron James, what are you doing in his 17th year? Which I – just don't see nobody do it. We got the Lakers or a number two spot in the West. He had him as a top four seed last year before he got hurt. And he had he didn't have the half the help as he had this year. Then now he's top two and he's a 17th gear. Come on, man. That's valuable. Mid-season, I had LeBron James. Postseason, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's averaging 29.6, which is third in the league. 13.7 rebounds, third in the league. 5.8 assists on 54% field goal percentage. He led his team to the best record in the league before the pandemic happened. 
And the thing that's setting him apart is he's doing it on both ends of the floor. He's possibly going to be one of three people, I believe it is, to win defensive player of the year and MVP in the same year. He's doing it on both ends of the floor, and I think that's what's separating him and LeBron. LeBron is going to be in the running. You know, he's putting up numbers that are MVP numbers that is crazy in year 17, like you mentioned, Weezy. But I think Giannis, doing the way he's doing it on both ends of the floor, is going to get him that MVP. My midseason prediction was Anthony Davis. Um, unfortunately, I have to give the postseason award to LeBron James, man. So many different ways to interpret the NBA's MVP award. Some say it should go to the best player on the best team. Some think it should go to the best player whose team needs them the most. And some would think it should go to the player who has simply shown that they are the best. I think LeBron James has checked off all three of those boxes. The Bucs were 15 and 10 against teams that were 500 or better, which is surprisingly average for an alleged all-time great team. The Lakers finished with the best record in the league against teams 500 or better. He was the best player on arguably the best team in the league where you looked at the standards with a little bit of scrutiny. And number one, on top of it, one of the most incredible years for a player of his age. So, man, his presence just makes teammates better. That can't be ignored. There's no metric for that. You can't quantify the way that he makes that team better. And for him to do what he's doing at year 17, a testament of how hard he's playing. I think this is the year he deserves it, man. He deserves to go out and get his fifth this year. I agree. I think it should be LeBron. But if it, if you're cutting the league off today, uh, Rudy Gobert saved the world, then it's going to be Giannis. So my pick will be LeBron, but I do believe the voters will go with Giannis Antetokounmpo, unfortunately. All right. Let's finish it off. And we're going to do these rapid fire. Who do we have in the Eastern Conference Finals? Let's start with you, Lop. This season, I had 76ers and Bucks. Postseason, I'm going to go Bucks and Raptors. Uh, me. Midseason, I had Philly and the Bucks. Postseason, I'm going to go Bucks and Boston. Right. Midseason, I had Bucks versus Celtics. Postseason prediction, I have Raptors versus Celtics. Mm. Mid-season, I had Philly versus Boston, and I'm doubling down. Philly versus Boston. All right, let's move to the Western Conference. Go ahead, Jay. Mid-season, I had Lakers versus Mavericks. I'm sticking with it, man. Lakers versus Mavs. <laughs> wow. Oh, mid-season, I had Lakers versus Houston. And I'm going to stick with that, Lakers versus Houston. I'm going to see James Harden. And LeBron go head to head in the finals. Mid-season, I had Lakers and Clippers, and I'm going to stick with that for a postseason. Lakers, Clippers. Mid-season, I had Lakers, Rockets. Doubling down. Lakers, Rockets. NBA Finals. Lock, who you got? Mid-season, I had Bucks and Lakers, and I'm going to stick with that pick and go Bucks and Lakers. I'm going to go right back with Coach Locke. I had Lakers and Bucks. And uh, I hope it is that way because it would be a kickoff from my boy LeBron. It would be Lakers and Bucks. That would be in five. I have Lakers versus Raptors. Lakers winning in six. <sighs> Rockets, Sixers. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Mm, on that note, 
Come on, Jeff. With that oh, boy. God. You don't believe me. He wants how bad he want to see his boy in the final. They're going to get beat in the first round. <laughs> you, know how bad, you know how much hell y'all going to catch on this show if that if the Rockets make the finals? Dog. But, no, seriously, though, I do think they can give the Lakers – they're the one team matchup-wise and give the Lakers problems because they five out and they run. And they run. Bro. Go ahead. P.J. Tucker is going to check Anthony Davis. No, no, no. he's not going to check anybody. <laughs> but did you see how – okay, you see how they – not saying Chris Stapps is Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis washes Chris Stapps. But do you see how they how they handled Chris Stapps last night? What I mean by that is – 30 and 15. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, 39. <laughs> if you let Anthony Davis handle – do what he got to do, and you put Rob Covington on LeBron. I know he's gonna kill. I know no barbecue one's... chicken, barbecue chicken, lemon pepper. Listen, man. Listen, man. I'm telling you, because can't nobody on that team guard James Hart. Nobody on that team guard James Hart. Nobody on them. Nobody on the Lakers can guard James Hart. Danny no, Green would do a great job against him. No, he would not. Danny Green will get cooked the entire season, the entire series. And I, there's I, nobody on that team that's gonna give up the effort that Westbrook's gonna give up. Nobody. Nobody's gonna want to run with him every game. No, Rondo will be back. He don't, he's not gonna want to run with Russ every game. That's that's tough to deal with. The difference, Jeff, is gonna be if they let the Lakers do that, the Lakers are not gonna piss away the lead in the end like Dallas did. They not, pissed away. No, heck no, heck no. But I'm not saying it's gonna go. I'm talking. I'm just um, saying specifically on how they guard it, how they deal with Anthony Davis. They know they can't deal with the inside press. They know that. We just focus on the other four players. That's it. Really, the, what I don't want to see, I don't want to see Portland get in that first round matchup, Portland versus Lakers. I don't want to see that. They match up well, the Lakers do. I don't want to see Carmelo and then Lillard gets my – I don't want to see that. Lakers Lake going to sweep them, dog. Lakers will sweep them. Who, Portland or the Rockets? Well, man, they go they sweep the hell out of Portland. Who in the hell is going to check LeBron? You're right. They're going to sweep. They won't, they won't sweep Portland. Pulling to get one. Pulling to get one. Dame, Dame will get them one. one. I don't want Dame to play in that first round. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. Won't be a sweep. They'll only sweep Dallas. Oh, they'll sweep Dallas. Great. The NBA season is upon us. I can't wait to cut on the TV to watch more NBA basketball. Let us know about your picks. These will be posted on the Full Sport Press Instagram page. Check us out, man, on YouTube as well. Don't forget to tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend the NBA is back. So wheezy. Everything paid for, baby. I got something to say real quick. My bad. Coach Lock. Get a drummer song. Jeff. Camera's always on, brother. So easy. And the revolution will be podcasted. We are out, cameraman. Hold on. One second. Coach Locke, NASA sent a rocket to Mars. You know how long it's going to take to get there? Oh, God. How long? No, I'm serious. How long, this is serious. How long, Weezy? How long is it going to take to get there? It's not going to get there until February of next year. Is that not funny to even? Is that not my fucking thing? Go, man. We out. Life moves pretty fast.
if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted.